Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. So here, I want you to listen to me, because we need to celebrate, okay? It is so important. It's important to look at everything scripturally, but then there becomes a time where we have to look at what God is doing, and we have to celebrate, not because it's what we have done, but it's what God has done in and through us. And so I want to throw up a couple things up on the slide this morning that I, in just a moment, that I think are going to just transform what you think what God is doing in this place. And some of it happened a few weeks ago, and we weren't able to celebrate last week, and this is just awesome. Um, I want you to know that we are a church that wants youth and young people, kids, um, to be the focus, not the afterthought. And because of that, man, you guys have really put your money where your mouth is. And so a couple weeks ago, Derek shared vision with the youth ministry, what that looks like. Dude, like the, the youth ministry on a Wednesday night is almost half the population of our church on a Sunday morning, guys. Okay? Like it is like pumping in here, man. I, I like, seriously, I'm like the pastor. I can't wait. I like want them to break something. Like just to know they're like here having fun, right? Okay, that's the church we are. You come and you break things here. All right? You drink coffee in the sanctuary. All right? That is the church that we have. How many grew up in a church you couldn't even have drinks in the sanctuary? You know, like, I'm so sorry that you went through that. This is freedom in this place. So enjoy it. That's because God wants for you. And you're going to have freedom today like you ain't never had freedom before. All right? So, yeah, man, it's been a good week. All right, so I want to share this. Two weeks ago, I want and I want to show you an amount that you guys raised. And what this is is we asked everybody in the church every year. We do this once a year. And we don't really do fundraising in the church because I hate giving a percentage to some other organization that's not supporting what we're doing here. So we're selfish with it. We give 100% of this to the youth ministry budget, Project 52, where each of you donated $1 a week a year to kids. You can still do it if you want, but this is the amount that came in. Look at that. Are you kidding me? Come on! Come on! Now maybe you're like, you know what, I was only able to give a dollar to that. Or maybe you gave a couple grand. You know what? It's all different amounts, but it's all the same sacrifice. Okay? Let me show you the second amount. Here, last week, Pastor Derek got up and stood in front of his youth ministry. No adults. Okay? This was his youth for the last how long? Year? Four weeks? Wow. Four weeks have... Four weeks? Wow. They have been planning on giving to speed the light and it was about sex trafficking correct to give to uh 30 for freedom and so this is what they raised for this this is your youth ministry and half of those youth aren't even here this morning because their parents don't attend church and so we're reaching into the lives of those that need a relationship with the living creator and i want you to know that some of them gave to this some of them said i'm going to step up i had kids in my house cleaning toilets Come on, somebody. God is real. Okay? Because they wanted to clean toilets to earn money to put it forth towards this project for, through Speed the Light. It's the organization that it goes for sex trafficking to prevent and to help those that are in it. How many kids does this sponsor? Before you put the amount up. So this helps 20 people get out of sex trafficking. This will help prevent that, help that. This is the amount your youth gave last Wednesday night. Are you kidding me? man come on now this is awesome and here's what here's the this is just insane because this is over six this is like you know five six thousand dollars that we have given basically not about us it's about reaching our young people and it's about helping them and it's about being an outreach to the church now you might not know this but i as a pastor through our church um i get to go twice a year and i get to do something that's really fun go ahead and put that next picture up there 
Um, this is where I was last week, and I want to introduce you three couples. They're not here this morning because all three of these, uh, well, two of them are couples, one's a dad and a son. They are getting ready to do the craziest faith thing of their journey, and twice a year I get the privilege of going to be a part of this. You're a part of this. You're an inreach into this. I want you to know that it's not just me standing with them. And so I was able to be in San Francisco with church planners this week. These three couples are getting ready to go out and to plant a church. And so you might be like, well, we're just this church up in the sticks in St. Francis. You are having a worldwide impact. Okay, right here on the side. This is Anthony and Laura, okay? And uh, they'd be like Heather and I's new best friends. They're awesome. And they are getting ready to plant a church north of San Francisco that we are going to partner with, help however we can. They're getting ready to do that. The reason we are so adamant about helping church plants is there's no greater way to reach people for the gospel of Christ than through church planting. If it was going to Valley Fair, that's what we put our money to, okay? It's church planting, starting new churches, all right? And so they are getting ready to launch. Uh, the dad and the son, this is Gary and Josh. Josh was born in Ecuador. He is starting over in New England. Patriots fans, boo to my son. Um, over uh, in New England, they are getting ready to plant a Spanish-speaking church. They're both fluent in Spanish. His wife's Ecuadorian. They're getting, we're part of this. We're part of their stories. These are faces that will go to their church that will say yes to Jesus that we'll never see because of the internal investment that we are making right here that we all get a part in. Come on, somebody. Last couple here. This is Molly and Arasi. You might say, well, those are crazy names. They are Samoan. And uh, they're from the island of Samoa, just south of Hawaii. And, and he, was so, he was so scared to show me his sleeves. Dude, he's got the coolest tattoos I have ever seen in my life. Got radically saved. And now he goes in to these places that we see in movies like Taken, where they're sitting and they're like ready to gangbust you before you get in. And he goes into there, shows them his tattoos, and he's able to get to the gatekeepers and talk to them and get women and children and people that are in this mess and lead them to Christ. And he's getting ready. They're getting ready to start a Samoan church with people that are far from the gospel. And so I just want you to know this morning that we are given to speed the light to our youth ministry to this. It's not even about us. It's about what God wants to do. Can we just celebrate what he's doing in and through us? Come on, somebody. Come on. Now, just because those weeks are done doesn't mean you need to be. Right? Right? Stay with me. I know we're still talking here. We're going to continue to help other churches plant. Do you know that in the history of our church, nine years old, everybody, nine years old, we're, we're like, we're almost like to two digits, you know? Do you know that any church planter who has come through these doors or has contacted us, we've given to since the foundation, of, even before we were a church, we invested into two churches. You might not know that. So many of you in this place... I want to celebrate you because you give above and beyond. You give, you give I, I just have never met more generous people in my life. And I just, I want to say thank you. Now, if you're going, well, I, I didn't give to any of that. Here's why, I'm, I'm not saying this for you to feel guilty at all. But don't miss a part of being the blessing of what God's doing. Okay? Be a part of it. Don't miss out on something bigger than you. I don't know about you, but I love being a part of big, something bigger than me. It's not about the bridge church. It's about the church. Okay? And, you know, Heather and I, we were youth pastors, you know, 50,000 years ago. And when we were youth pastors, we made a commitment to a, a building fund. And God called us to start the church. And we still made, you know, we made well on our building fund. And as a youth pastor living in Eden Prairie, it was a big deal for us, especially starting the church where we had no income. And we still did it. And I tell you what, we're not, it's not like, oh, look at us. 
It's to say, we got to be a part of the blessing. When I get to go into that building and I still get to meet with that pastor and he knows that we were faithful with him, I get to be a part of that blessing. Okay? It's the lives that are changed through that ministry. I want to give you a couple points on giving this morning. Now, everybody hates talking about giving. And I promise this is not a this is not any kind of plea for any kind of money in this house. You're the most generous people I want. But I'm setting this up for the rest of my message. And I need you to stay tuned in with me this morning. If you are tuned in and ready to go, would you just give me a big old yeah? yeah. Number one point. God can do more with 90 than you can with 100. Okay? I hate the word tithe. can't stand the word. It's a stupid word. I hate it. Like, I wish we could just rip it out of the Bible. You know, you, do you walk around? Do you talk to your, you know, meet somebody in the market? Hey, do you tithe? What? Do, do I tie? Do I tie what? No, tie the, the. Like, if you don't articulate that, nobody has any idea what you're even talking about. It's just, it's just we, I don't know why we even use the word. So you'll hear me say offering and you hear us say, what is it that God would have you to do? But for me, it's going, God, you know what? I know that you can do more with 90 than you can with my 100, and so I'm going to trust you. Point. Until you trust God, tithing will make little sense. Okay? Or offering. Well, it doesn't make sense. Well, God, when I make more, I'll give more. You know, can I just say this? If you cannot give now, you won't give then. Okay? And if you're like, well, it's about to go somewhere else. I don't care. Go wherever. Okay? But God will find you wherever you go. He knows where you're at. He will hunt you down. Well, pastor, I give of my time. God doesn't want your time. He doesn't even want your money. He wants your heart and he wants all of it. It's not about your time. It's not about your money. It's about obeying him. And I have to tell you, my desire and reason I'm sharing this this morning, my desire for every person here is freedom. And I don't know about you, but I've met a few people within our community that have some serious messed up finances and need some freedom from it. Maybe it's just me. Maybe you're like, you're talking about me. I'm not talking about you. If God's talking to you, let him talk to you, okay? God wants freedom for you. So many of you experience this generosity about giving above and beyond. Some of the most generous people, like I said, attend here. So here's what I want to tell you. This is why we're generous. Because we are headed to do things that I believe God has just started to scratch the surface of for us as a church. I'll just share what a couple of those are. Um, We are in conversation this week about potentially expanding our building. Whoa, what? Uh, We are going to have conversations. We're going to get those balls rolling. We've looked at land in St. Francis. Nothing's panned out. Am I a little frustrated with God about it? Yeah, he knows it. Okay. Anybody have prayers that he doesn't answer the way you want? That happens to pastors too. So I'm trusting him. And he's brought forth people for me to speak to. I don't know about you, but I love the energy in the entryway. I just wish it was a little bigger. So we're going to look at expanding that. It's not free to do. Okay? It's not. We want to do that. We want to be able to to have a life-giving. We have some moms that have have babies in here. We want to have a safe place where, you know, if their baby's crying, screaming, kicking, moaning, barfing, whatever, we want them to, well, either go home with the barf, but we want them to be able to go out there and have a place to sit. Right now, we don't have room for chairs out there. We want that. Okay? These are good problems. These are really good problems to have as a church. We want to continue to give more into church plants. We planted the church in Chicago. They're killing it, man. What if we get to plant another one? What if they plant one? We get to get to be a part of that. Do you know that every time a church expands its building, though, every time, statistically, it's 85% of the time, so majority, that that church will double in their reach. Every time. Now, if you're going, well, I don't want that. I don't want my church to get bigger. I like it the way it is. That is a lie from the enemy. Because it's not about us. 
It's about those that we want to walk hand in hand with through eternity. And if you're not there, check your heart at the door because we need to be there. We need to love those that haven't experienced that freedom and haven't experienced that love. Come on, how many have felt that love and freedom through these doors? Come on, anybody? Would our usher team come forward? It's another funny word, you know? Just reminds me of like some famous singer when I say that. All right. If whoever got that, man, you, wow, you, wow, you sinful. All right. God, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you, Lord, that we're able to give on to you. I pray that you'd multiply for what you want and for your kingdom this morning. God, I believe you ask first of us to set that baseline of giving 10, and we get to keep 90. And then above and beyond that is crazy generosity. I'm so grateful for the people in the church. I'm grateful for those, Lord, that want to remain anonymous, but those that come up to me almost weekly and say, Pastor Chris, I've got something I want to give, and where do I give it to Would you bless them specifically? Would they see a return, not monetarily, but in their life, with the cry of their heart, would you give it to them? God, would you bless those that faithfully give? Would you bless the one who isn't even at that point of giving the 10% yet, but they're taking a, a step of faith? And would you bless the one that hasn't given yet, Lord? Would you meet them where they need to be met so that they can see what you have for them this morning? God, receive this offering, and would you multiply it for your kingdom's sake? We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. You guys can pass that. And as that's being passed, stay with me this morning. Hey, thank you, Meg, for uh, rocking it out up here with me. Can we give it up for Meg? Come on. <laughs> Point. Stay with me, okay? I know it's passing by. If you, if you tune out for a second, tune right back in. Point. You cannot give what you don't have. Hmm. Let's sink in. God does not use your intentions of giving. He uses your action. He won't use your intentions. He will utilize your action. Now, let me ask you a really weird question that might seem a little off here. We take a little vote through round of applause. How many of you believe that, and I'll tell you when to applaud, sin is sin. In other words, how many of you believe here this morning that, you know, a little white lie is just as bad as murder? Like, God doesn't say, well, one sin is worse than the other. Like, like all sin is bad. If you agree with that, would you applaud? I believe it. Okay. How many are like, I believe it, but I think some are just like, like kind of bad. Yeah, you do. All right. And, and like, like you're like, well, I'm not, you, you know, I'm not ever going to live next to that person because they did X, Y, Z. Well, let me, let me share with you kind of a crazy story in the Bible. If you want to read along with me, you're going to have to turn to Genesis chapter 18 this morning. And uh, this, is, uh, this is a crazy story. I'm going to unpack it for a little bit. And then we're going to go through this because I believe there's going to be freedom in this place. Now, I want to ask you to do something for me this morning that's a little bit different. Um, right before I'm finished at the end of the message, um, I'm going to ask Meg to come up here. She's going to play keys behind me. And I'm going to ask you right now to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And if God is speaking to you through this today, at the end of service, we do like, Billy Graham was the all-star at this. We're going to invite you forward. And we're just going to pray for you, okay? There's no pressure. There's no condemnation. If none of you come forward, I still think it's going to be the greatest message I've ever preached. All right? So here's the deal. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit what He wants you to show you today. I've been praying all week for you. I've been putting this message together for the last six months. Because I believe this is something that God has for every single person in this church and in this community. Now, Genesis chapter 18. There's this, these two cities. There's two cities in the Old Testament that if you know of a sin city, 
in the Old Testament. You might have even known their names. Even if you didn't grow up in church, you might even know what these two names are. It's the city where there was sexual sin. There was, to the point where there was sex trafficking in the form of men going, we want to chase after the men. And there was a gentleman there named Abraham that said, no, I'll even, I'll even give you my daughter so that you, you're outside of sin. And all this was happening. How many, just, just shout it out if you know the name of these two cities. They are? We all know that. Why? Why do we know that story so well? Because we see and we understand how bad that sin is. We can see it. We understand it. It's sexual sin. God sees it. And, and, and here's, here's what God says. I want to show you this. Verses eight, chapter 18, verses 20 through 21. We think their sin's bad. Check this out. The Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, and their sin so grievous, that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. There was an outcry of people praying. Abraham was praying. He's going, God, I'm praying that you can see there's righteousness here. You don't have to destroy these cities. They're still good here. We still believe that the spiritual atmosphere within this community can change. And so this is a real story, okay? These are thousands of years ago, but these are real people. And Abraham's praying to God, God, come and save it. And he's crying out. And the Lord is like, I'm going I'm to check this out. Abraham got God's attention. And God's like, okay, I need to see what's happening. And so God goes in and he sees this sin, city, these things going on that you, would even not, you wouldn't even want to be a part of. In fact, they were scared for their lives. They're like, this is, this is awful. There's, every sexual sin you can think of is happening in this town. Point. The absence of receiving equals the presence of pride. The absence of receiving equals the presence of pride. Leave that up there for a moment. There was pride in Sodom and Gomorrah. Why? They were not willing to receive whatever the words were that Abraham shared. They weren't willing to receive forgiveness. They weren't willing to receive correction. They weren't willing to receive the blessing. They did not have anything to give because they did not know how yet to receive. They received nothing from God. They said, you know what? We're good. It was pride. It got in the way. And can I just say, when it comes to giving and receiving, there's something that God calls us to do, and that's surrender. That's saying, God, not my will, but your will be done. And so we walk in obedience. You know? And let me just say this. Don't raise your hand, because this is almost all of us, I guarantee it. But how many of you, don't raise your hand again, okay? Correction. How many of you suck at receiving? Okay? All right? I'm, I'm impressed. Nobody raised their hand. That's really good. We all could have, because we all stink at receiving from time to time. Here's what I want you to do, yo. If you stink at receiving this next couple of weeks, I want you to do something. This is going to sound really weird and really practical. And you might be like, what does Sodom and Gomorrah have to do with this? You'll see. This is what I want you to do. If you stink at receiving, I want you to come with me on a little date this week, okay? We're going on, on a pastor congregational date to Costco. Here's why. You know why? You know what they have at Costco? Do you know why I stop at Costco just to stop there without anything on my grocery list? Do you know what they give out graciously, daily? And I know one of the ladies now, like I have a relationship with her. They give out samples, dude. And I'm not talking like, they like invite you. You don't even have to like change clothes before you go back in to sample it again. You can just stay there. And I walk through the samples. So you're going to come with me. And here's what I'm going to ask you. If you stink at receiving, you're going to go to Costco this week, the next time you're there. 
And here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to every single table that has a sample and try it. I don't care what it is. Chickpea soup garbage. Try it. Whatever, you know. They got some weird, nasty health junk. All right, just, just try it. All right? Okay, they might have like a power drink. Try it. You'll thank me later, all right? Whatever it is, go and receive. You stink at receiving? This is your homework. Pastor said, I got to go to Costco. And just, if you're hard, if you have too much pride in that, then God's getting your attention right now. Ooh, it just got real here this morning, everybody. I love samples, man. I love Costco. Point! If you cannot receive the things you think don't matter, Costco, you'll struggle to accept the things that do matter. You can't accept, you can't receive something that really you don't think matters. You will not be able to receive the things that matter most. You know, uh, my wife really wasn't that good at receiving, honestly. Like, she's not the kind of person that would ask for help. She's just not. Um, she's like, I got it. She, she's very stubborn like I am. We're very stubborn people. God has blessed our marriage somehow for 19 and a half years. And uh, here's the deal, though. Last week, I think it was Monday, and, or Monday or Tuesday, she had, a, she had a caribou gift card. And so she went through the drive-thru of caribou. And the person in front of her, um, they bought her drink for her going through there. And she called me. She was all excited. And I'm like, that's awesome. I said, I can use that in my message someday. You know, like, I, I don't know why God did that, but God blessed her and she received it. And she was grateful. You know, the whole reason she went through there, though, is we don't go to Caribou or Starbucks very often. Very rarely. We're not coffee drinkers. And so she, she's like, I can use up my gift card now. Well, now she still has it to use. Okay? She's like, dang it. Now what do I do? I got a Starbucks card last week. So now I have two Starbucks cards. We're never going to get rid of them. Sell them. But this is, this is just dumb. Like, it's dumb stuff. It's, it's a cup of coffee. It doesn't matter that much. Two, three bucks. Things like this allow us to be ready to receive things that are bigger. When we built the building, a couple came up to me, and they said, they said uh, they'd been a part of our church since the beginning, and they came up to me and they said, Pastor Chris, we need to meet with you. Now, can I be very vulnerable with you? Anytime a couple that has been with us since the beginning comes up to me and says, oh, we need to meet with you. I'm like, well, they're gone. Like, that's literally what I, I think. So, just a quick side note, pro tip for your pastor. If you're going to have a meeting with me, tell me what you want to meet about. Okay? Just, just tell me. That's fine. If you're like, pastor, I'm leaving the church, then I'm not going to meet with you. No, just tell me, like, whatever it is. If, if it's this or that, just be real. Like, I want to talk about you. I didn't, I didn't agree with your message Sunday. I'll meet with you even if you're wrong. It's fine. Um... They, cut, they sit down, and I used to have couches back there, and they're sitting across the couch, and I'm literally getting ready for the worst news, because I loved this couple, they're amazing, and they said, we just want to talk to you, we've been praying, and I'm like, here it is, and they go, we believe God is calling us to cash out some of our retirement and give you a check, and I'm like, what? Now, at first I was like, no, that's not right, I don't want that, and I'm praying like, God, what do I do here? And God said, I've called them to do this. If you don't receive it, you're not allowing them to be blessed in the way I want to bless them. Not monetarily, but any way that he wants. And I'm going, it was a struggle for me to receive it. And so they sat there, they read out the amount, they folded it, they handed it across to me at the other couch, I opened it up, and on there I saw that they had signed it. If you're not good at receiving... We've got to go out. God will never trust you to receive the big until you learn to receive the small. You wake? 
How many believe that? God will never trust you to receive the big until you receive the small. God will use people in your life to teach you to receive. Don't rush the process. It was a $20,000 check handed to me. At that time, that's a fifth of our yearly budget. I sat there just blown away. Point. The moment you don't think you need to receive is usually the moment you're supposed to. Okay? Abraham. Go back to Sodom and Gomorrah here. It's the most awesome prayer ever. Abraham has this incredible relationship with God because he's received redemption. And so Abraham has been blessed by God, says your, your, you know, your generations will be blessed through you. All of this. Greater than you can count, you know, the, the sea on, the, on the, the sand on the seashore. Abraham goes, God, if you just find 50 people who are in right standing with you, would you not destroy the city? And God's like, yeah, bro, I got your back. That's how God speaks in my mind. Okay? And Abraham's, Abraham, like, has this relationship with God. And so he's talking and communicating with God all the time. And so he goes, God, how about 40? If I can find 40, would you still not destroy the cities? And God's like, I got your back, dude. So Abraham takes a step further. He goes, 30. God's like, yeah. He goes, how about 20? God goes, yeah. And Abraham, man, man of faith, or stupid either way, he goes, I think man of faith, he goes, God, how about if just 10? Just 10. And he's begging God. You see, Abraham was looking for those people who were righteous. Now, I'm not talking like Bill and Ted righteous or Wayne and Garth righteous. Okay? <laughs> Dude. No. Right standing with God. That's what righteousness means. Okay? The receiving and believing type. He was looking for those who had received the fact that God is the true God and that they believed in it. He couldn't find that they were living in these sin. Here's what it says in Genesis 18, the last part of 32. He answered, for the sake, this is God's word, for the sake of ten... I will not destroy it. Now God gets a bad rap a lot in the Old Testament. But I have to tell you, this shows me a God of grace. A God that says, I'm begging you to turn your hearts. We don't know what Abraham spoke to them. We don't have that recorded in Genesis. But it must have been something. An independent spirit, just as Sodom and Gomorrah had, gets in the way from us receiving. Selfishness keeps us not just from giving but from receiving. Well, I, I got what I need. I'm good, bro. I got it. I, shh, I can do it myself. I can do it myself. You know, I learned a valuable lesson when we used to have team meetings at our house. I would set everything up and have everything ready to go before our staff meetings. And then I, I read this book on leadership and it said, that's the worst thing you can do for your team. I'm like, great. And they said, don't have everything ready. Have everybody take a part of the ownership. Because if you don't, you're taking away something that God can use and it's valuable. That's what it is to receive. But it's laying your pride by your side. Point. God is not asking you to be independent, but rather dependent. Preaching to myself right now. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have ever seen somebody in our community with an independent spirit? How many have ever known anyone, including us here, who have moved out to San Francis now then because we can get all the land we want and do whatever the heck we want? It's my way or the highway. Maybe it's just me that's seen it. Sodom and Gomorrah, they refused dependency upon God. Let's read how it ended up. It's not very good. (laughs) 
I wish it was a better story, but here it is. Chapter 19, verse 27, 28. Early the next morning, Abraham got up. He returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land like smoke from a furnace. God spared Abraham and some of his other related family from this tragedy because they were men right standing with God with their families. Could you imagine what that would be like to turn around and see these cities destroyed because they didn't receive what God had for them? Well, well ba- Pastor Chris, this is, this is about sexual sin. This, this isn't about just, just receiving anything God wants from me. Well, wait a second. Didn't we all just agree that sin is sin? You have to realize that their sin, not receiving forgiveness and redemption for it, is just as bad as you not receiving the person that wants to pay for caribou for you. We agreed to that. I'm just going with what you said. Y'all told me that. Don't turn your back now on me. Okay? Point. And this is the big one. God wants something for you, not from you. I want you to write this down. I want you to circle this. I want you to get tattoo of this. I'm ser- I'll walk with you to that tattoo parlor and put it right on your forehead. If I do it too. Yeah, there's a, there's a few cool henna places. I'll go with you. God wants something for you, not from you. Some of you don't believe this, and it's because of your experience. It's because of your upbringing. Okay, gloves off here. That's the series we're in. You've got to get to the realization that there's a living God to this day who's real. He's transforming lives all across the world. I've seen it. I see it every week. I see miracle upon miracle. He wants you to receive any area of your heart that you don't know how to receive, and He wants you to experience that. He wants you to have that freedom. I don't know where it is. Maybe it's a gift. Maybe it's His Son. Maybe it's something that you've dealt with your whole life. Maybe you haven't experienced or received the freedom that He has for you. Maybe you're stuck in that sin that you just can't get out of. You can't figure out how to do it. Well, today's the day. Okay? And you're going, I, I feel like I've got to do something. I've got to earn it. I've got to give something to God to receive something. That is not the way it works in the kingdom. Uh-uh. He didn't send His Son because you gave a big check. He didn't give His, his Son because you serve the most at church. You know, in every room in a church, there's the best Christian, and there's, you know, like, okay... And the worst Christian. No. I want you to see this though. That God, this is why I do what I do, man. Like, like you got to get this today. Get this. I just, I just like want to, I like want to take people and just shake them and go, you don't have to do anything. Our whole world is around performance. Our whole world is around earning it. You know, you get a raise if you do what? You perform better. You show up to work on time. You do the stuff that you're called to do. All of that. You get a raise. Woohoo! What do we do though? We're, we're ingrained in that every day, you know? Back to the potty chair experience. Put a little, you know, Cheerio for your boys to aim and hit. Yeah, you hit. You're getting Eminem. Woohoo! Okay? God's grace and redemption for you is not a potty chair. You don't have to do anything to earn it. It's there for you to receive, but He won't force it upon you just as He didn't with Sodom and Gomorrah. He wants you to receive. He has something for you. He's not asking for anything from you. He wants it for you. I want you to see that today. We don't surrender our lives to give everything we have, but rather receive everything He has. It's different. 
He wants to give us everything that he has. He wants us to have the freedom. Do you not realize that a loving God sees you? He's created things for you on your behalf. Great things for you to do. Purposes. All of this tied together. And he's asking you to receive him. How? Through intimacy. I'm going to invite Meg on up. Through intimacy. Now, I don't know about you, but the word intimacy scares me. Intimacy. Just... I, you know, last week, don't judge me here. Okay, there's some not good parts, but I watched The Notebook. Have you ever seen The Notebook? It's just a mess, man. Like, yeah, I watched it on a plane without my wife. How dumb am I, all right? If you haven't seen it, it's a crazy love story. I, I'm not condoning it because there's some parts you shouldn't see. But it was about intimacy, about this couple that loved each other. And I don't know about you, but as, as a guy, I've learned to love intimacy real men know what it's like to be intimate if you haven't experienced that yet it's your pride that gets in the way it was my pride that got in the way the only way that we can receive what God has for us is through intimacy you see you will never ever 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 outgive what God has for you can't do it he gave the greatest gift his son that's what it says in Colossians 2.6 I think we have this on the screen for you So then just as you, what? Say it with me, everybody. Just as you, Christ Jesus, you got to receive him. Just as you receive him. You haven't received him, you're receiving him today before you go out of here. That's my altar call to you. Make it right with Christ. Come on, bro. I'm not going to heaven without anybody in this room. Okay? Don't be that prideful. Lay it by your side. Give up your rights so that you can have new life. We're going to do it together. It ain't easy, bro. Being a Christian, you might say, oh, I'm going to give, I'm going to receive, Pastor Christian. I'm going to get everything. I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to be prosperous. No. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. You're going to hate to walk with God sometimes. You're going to curse Him out. You're going to be mad at Him. But you know why? Because you have a relationship with Him and you get to communicate with Him and tell Him how you truly feel. Because you know what? He already knows what's going on inside you. Just tell Him. Just a, oh, I got to pretend. I got I to have everything right when I get into church. Then you at the wrong church, bro. No perfect people allowed. It's only through intimacy. Here's what it says. Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. So God says about Abraham. For I have chosen Abraham so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. What has God promised you? Eternal life through his son. If you struggle to receive, you need to experience God. Okay? God loves you whether you give or receive. Okay? He loves you beyond that. It's unconditional. There's no condition. Okay? I'm going to invite you up forward in just a moment. For those of you that know you need to learn to receive. It might be all of us. I don't know. Maybe it's nobody. Whether you come or not, God's still going to meet you where you're at. But I'm going to invite everybody up here, whoever wants to, that I want to pray over you. I want to pray a blessing over you. As just a, a brother doing life with you, as a pastor. Because you need to receive a blessing today. You need to receive what God has. Here's my last point that I want to give to you. Circle this one. This is another tattoo for the other arm. Or your other forehead. Only His intimacy will break your insecurity. You can't break it any other way. 
It's only through a relationship. Because you're kind of like an onion. He starts peeling back the parts until he gets down to the core and he deals with what's in there. Okay, you know what's in there. He knows what's in there. Maybe other people don't. Would you do this with me this morning? Would you, I'm going to ask you, would you stand to your feet where you're at this morning? Is God speaking to anybody this morning? Is God speaking to you? If you know, and I'm going to ask you to come forward in just a moment. Don't be bashful. I'm going to ask two things. One, if you need to receive Christ, receive Him today. Okay? If you, I don't care if you've received Him a thousand times. Receive Him a thousand and one. Second, if you know, if you know who you are, if you know that God's getting a hold of your heart for a reason because you need to learn to receive. I'm going to ask you right now to make that way forward. Would you do that right now? That's you. Come on up. thank you your Holy Spirit's working this morning in our hearts this morning I just ask a special blessing on those right now took that step of faith and say this morning I need to receive I need to receive what it is that you have for me God maybe it's your son Jesus Lord your word says when we believe in you Lord when we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that you raised Christ from the dead, we receive eternal life. God, if that's for anybody here this morning, I pray that they would not leave this place until they receive you. For those that took a step forward, saying, God, I just need to receive whatever it is you have for me. I'm willing. I'm your vessel. I'm here. Would you fill those right here, those that took a step forward? Would you give them, Lord, what their heart desires? God, I thank you that they're able to lay down any walls that they placed up to receive what you have for them. Holy Spirit, you know each individual up here and yet you know our culture. We're, we're so humble and filled sometimes with pride that it's so hard for us to receive. Would you move those barriers? Would you break down those walls? Would you kick down anything that needs to be kicked down so that we can receive it, what you have for us? that intimacy that we crave, that intimacy that we need. Lord, have your way today in our hearts. Have your way in those here this morning. God, I pray a blessing right now over them specifically, that they would see the power at work in their lives as they've said, yes, Lord, I want to receive from you this week. God, whether it's a gift or whether it's love, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's your son, whether it's redemption, Whatever it is, God, would you give them an opportunity to walk out what they're praying for right now in this moment? Would this be a holy moment here left at your altar this morning? God, I pray for the spirits of the people up here in front that would be filled with joy. They would receive your freedom, your happiness that you have for every person in this place. Lord, I thank you. 
We bless you. We know you're at work in our hearts. And would you continue to work from this moment forward through this week? Praise you this morning as we ask that we can receive from you everything that you have for us. Pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said together, hey, can we give him a shot of praise? Can we do that this morning? Come on, let's lift him up. Come on, lift him up, everybody. Come on. Come on, man. God, we so love you. We're so grateful for you. We're so grateful for the power of your Holy Spirit. And I just pray that we'd go forth this week, Lord, whether it's after church, whether it's Wednesday night at the park, Lord, as we are just celebrating the tree lighting with this community, may we be a life-giving force to be reckoned with. And God, we pray right now for this. We pray for this community. Lord, all the events that have happened in this community the past uh, year, the past weeks, God, we say, Lord, not on our watch. We ask, God, that we would be a life-giving force for those that need you. May we go forward and show them a demonstration of your love. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, come on. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.